everyone, and welcome to Soundcheck, rock and roll alternative music podcast at CM Life. My name is Andrew Mullen, my co-host. Elio. And today we have a special guest, and that would be... Melissa Frick. Nice to nice to meet you. Nice. We've met before. Well, I don't think you've met. <laughs> Thank you for being here. <laughs> I'm sorry. Just just my fact check broke in there. Uh, so what do you do here at Central Michigan Life and at CMU? Yeah, so I'm a junior here at CMU. And at CM Life, I'm a university desk reporter. I cover mostly SGA and also College of Business Administration. And uh, yeah, that's what I do here. And uh, would you like to tell us what we're talking about today? Yeah, so I suggested to Andrew that we discuss one of my favorite bands, The Strokes. And uh, so I think that's what we're talking about here today. Well, I hope so, because that's yeah. what we prepared for. <laughs> uh, hey, someone's got to be someone's We just did a complete 180. <laughs> we're, we're talking about something else. <laughs> we're talking, yes, we're actually talking about a band that's actually good. Uh, <laughs> All right, well, <laughs> I'm here to talk about The Strokes, one of my favorite bands. So, yes, yeah. I know. I like The Strokes, too. Yeah. I'm not. Oh, they're awesome. What? I said, no, they're awesome. So, we're going on. What is, what is, let's just get going here. So, <laughs> I'll discuss what we all knew about The Strokes before going in here, kind of our relationship with them. Uh, you could start, Elio. Um, I knew of them in 2006, whatever album that was, I think it was First, first impressions, first impressions. Mm-hmm. of Earth. My brother bought that album, and I thought it was like the coolest thing ever. And I tried learning some of the songs on guitar. Quickly found out that they were like there were two guitars, so it's impossible yeah. to play it and make it sound right on one guitar. Got really mad yeah. and kind of didn't listen to them after that. <laughs> <laughs> but I still like them. I I I, 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 that, I listened that, to them that, like pretty, years later, and like I that, I do really I, like I, them. Yeah. That's, I, I I just like the thought of Elio just still holding a grudge and just saying no, they're too good. To pl- I just don't want to listen to them. It just makes me sad. It, it is sad. Um, they 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 you need two guitars because why can't I play it on one? Um, you got to find a partner and then duo. Oh Sadly. my god! Don't don't look at me. I still struggle with power chords for Christ's sakes. <laughs> yeah. So um, I first got into the Strokes when I was like eight years old. Um, I get a lot of my music taste from my dad, and he had the Uh, Room on Fire album, and so I would sit in my room with my little boombox and play that CD over and over, and um, I don't know, it's just, when I, at the time, I didn't really understand, like, the significance of the band or any of the songs, Mm -hmm. I just knew that I liked it, and um, ever since then, I've been keeping up with them, got into some of their other stuff, but, you know, that, that album really resonates with me the most, so, yeah. And that will be our classic album later on. So so now, what about you, Andrew? Um, to be honest, I'm probably, uh, be- before going in here, I was probably the least familiar with the Strokes in here. Not to say I didn't really know their stuff. Of course, I knew, lo- lo- um, you know, Is This It, Room on Fire. Mm-hmm. She's the other stuff. Um, I just wasn't too familiar with the other stuff. But, um, yeah, whenever I heard the Strokes, I really, really liked like them. I think of all those like garage revival bands, I know they're thrown in that scene quite a bit from that time period. They're probably among my favorite. Um, expe- I mean, it's really especially digging into here. I really, really love their sound and production they've had on the records. Um, yeah, I mean, that's pretty much my uh, relationship with them. I think, oh, what was the, you know, I think it was New York City Cops, that song that really got me into them, and then slowly digging through the other hits and their other albums. And yeah, um, I was. 
looking forward to talking about them today because I think they're they got some interesting points about them. So yeah, there we go. So uh, Melissa, what can you tell me about their like? I guess they're like origins, like uh, um, of their when they first formed and just kind of how they came together. Yeah, so I know they formed in 1998, the same year I was born, and um, then their first album came out, Is This It, in 2001. Mm -hmm. And um, I know for the formation of that album, they really tried to make it sound like a, a live album. You know, that's what they were going for. And so... For me, they really represent the... No, 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 sorry. I'm sorry to interrupt you. Just keep... <laughs> finish that. No, finish that point. Yeah, I'm sorry. Okay. Well, anyways, they really represent, like, the whole, like, New York City um, alternative rock scene from, like, the late 90s, early 2000s. What didn't they... Well, well, sorry. Didn't they have, like, a sort of a big role in, like, kind of creating, like, almost like a genre, a genre? themselves yeah, where, like, just, yeah. with, like, yeah. Arctic Monkeys mm -hmm. and then... Yeah. Well, even, I don't know how much you listen to Arctic Monkeys, but they're, a like, lot. yeah, their newest album, the very first line on the album that Alex Turner says is, like, something along the lines of, I wanted to be, like, The Strokes, now look what you made me done, but something like that. Well, yeah, like, well, that's cool. Yeah. When you, when you listen to, like, the early... Like like the first few art like especially on the first Arctic Monkeys album they they do sound quite a bit like just a more punky version of the Strokes yeah so yeah I don't know I don't know I don't know who I like more though but yeah, <laughs> yeah. so I, I, I'm sorry the the, the look the look that when it, when Melissa stopped for a second the, the, the where me and Andrew were looking at each other yeah. the live album thing yeah that's weird yeah because you don't I, I mean it's just me I didn't really get that vibe because it's a very clean sounding you know like like especially like high register kind of like almost even a tap at reverby kind of you know production you get from there I the live clean. would be yeah wouldn't be what I would draw from that album yeah i wish i had written down the line that i read but um it was a quote from julian casablanca's about when he was in the process of writing that album and i know that they before recording it like they practice it over and over and over because he wanted like the live versions to sound exactly like what the album would sound like oh that would, okay that, that's did interesting. i not make sense when i said well, a live well, album well you said that well, they actually, wanted no. it to sound like a live out like like a live album mm -hmm. and to me i was like that's weird because those songs are really polished yeah like yeah incredibly so but now that makes a lot of sense you know it's, it's actually funny that you say that because um talk about this later but like one of the things that uh kind of struck me when because when i first was getting into the song new york city cops mm -hmm. uh for for a while you couldn't buy like the actual studio version on itunes and spotify and you can stream it off there so but they had this like one like single that they like a live recording in from iceland and the, and, the, and their shoes are actually pretty similar like i, th I think the one in the live recording is a bit slower i want to mm -hmm. say i think that's like in tempo i think that's the only difference you know they they're pretty similar when you look when you listen to them side by side maybe yeah, that's cuz that's that's a nice thing that they would want the live versions to sound like the studio versions mm -hmm. because there's nothing like more depressing when you go and see a band live and they just Agreed. don't sound Agreed. like they that suck. album you heard. Yeah. yeah. You know, I, th I think some bands are just, some bands are more suited for live than in the studio. And I think a lot of those New York hardcore bands we'd mentioned, I think a lot of them fit better live. But I remember when I was, go I went to like a, 
punk festival this summer and there was a band called Lagwagon. Like his vocals are really kind of almost whiny in a sense. They have this really weird register to them. In the studio it works. Live, oh my, I was like, I, I was after like two songs, like, nah, I just walked away. They, they, they just did not work. So, you know, I think that's an interesting point you bring up. Yeah. One thing I like about Julian's vocals is that he really, they're always kind of like distorted. You know what I mean? It almost sounds like he recorded it like away from the mic or, like, in the other room or something. It's, yeah, d- yeah. Yes, and sometimes it does sound, like, yeah, it, it, it's, the recording itself sounds a bit distorted, like he's using, like, an older mic. Yeah. So mm-hmm. and I, I think that's the effect of their, like, that. Because, again, they're, they're drawing, trying to draw a lot from the, uh, like, the Velvet Underground, and that's some, something that uh, he's cited as an mm-hmm. influence. So you do, I think that kind of kind of comes from his influences, at least to me. So. Yeah, but just with those vocals, I feel like that's something that you could recreate when you're playing live to make yeah. them sound oh, a little yeah. bit oh, absolutely. off. So I think it's obviously important then we talk about is this it because when I was researching and tell me if I'm wrong, this album has a lot of acclaim. Like I knew it was good. I knew they it was a, they were very popular then. Like I wasn't aware because I saw this like this was on, like Rolling Stones like number two album of like the decade yeah. when they did that and it was even their 500 greatest albums of all time. It's like damn. Pitchfork like, rated it as like a nine point one yeah, at the I time. Saw that. Yeah, which I love Pitchfork. I don't know about you, but yeah. I'm a fan. Uh, I respect them. But so yeah, it was pretty. Um, yeah, highly rated at yeah, the that's, time. Well, that's one of the things that we mentioned earlier. They they essentially what like spawned an entire genre yeah. and yeah. a bunch of bands because of that first yeah. album. Wanna be strokes almost you can say. Yeah, at some like, there there are a lot of bands in that genre that did like, again the Arctic Monkeys for instance. They kind of had their own sound and they were really good. But yeah, I mean it did spawn a. I imagine a number of imitators too. Yeah, but um, the only problem with that with like the value of that first album is, and we can talk about this later when we discuss other albums, but I feel like their next, uh, like, two albums, they were really trying to recreate that sound. And because of that, it didn't really sound super authentic to me. You know, I never really had that problem with, like, the next two albums, where it sounded like they were trying to recreate it. To me, it was like, Hey, they found a song, uh, like a sound that yeah. really yeah. works for them, so, and they just kind of rolled with it. So here's the thing: we can talk about it later when we talk about Room on Fire. But like, so, but with that, between those albums, I think, like, I, I again, like, I, they're pretty similar. Mm-hmm. But um, I, I didn't mind. I don't mind similarity as much if they have a good sound going for them and if they're still writing good songs. Um, but I, I just, but. I did didn't like Grimace Fire on, as much, and I'll talk about that later. But mm-hmm. we're talking about first impressions of Earth, and yeah, I think I think that um, production wise is departure enough, especially with songs like Juice Box, that um, really kind of I, it, it does diversify them from Is This It for sure. Oh yeah. So, what's your favorite song off that album? Off which one? Is this, is this it? it? Is this it? Yeah. That's a good question. Maybe last night, I want to say, but that's yeah, kind of poppy. Yeah. The only problem with that is it's so overplayed, yeah. and I feel like everyone thinks of it, the Is This It album, and then it's like last night. I, I really like the uh, second that. track, The Modern Age. I think that's a really good one. So that's your favorite then? Yeah. I mean, it was hard for me to pick a favorite. To be honest, though, my favorite would be New York City Cops. No, I didn't think that at all. Oh, 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 oh,
Yeah. It actually. But is that technically on the album? So, so, so here's the thing with New York City Cops. Do you know, you know the story behind this, Elio, I assume? Mm, are you talking about why it was removed yeah. from the album? Yeah. So, um, for anyone who doesn't know, it was um, internationally, um, there are differences between between this and like the US version. The uh, American album and then international yeah, and so America. So the international album has a different album cover than the one in America. It also has, includes the song New York City Cops. But it was replaced by, what was it, uh, when it started um, off there because what had happened was it was supposed, to, the CD version was supposed to be penned to be released uh, um, soon after what ended up being the 9-11 attacks. Mm-hmm. And to them, they thought that the uh, that the lyrics would have been ta- could have been considered inflammatory out of context. You know, songs like you know, Nita's in the bedroom. She she can't seem to get out. And then obviously, New York City cops. You know, they aren't, they aren't too smart. Um, I have mixed feelings about that. Um, what, what do you guys think about you know when? And this can really go for any pieces of art. Like when you know if. if Someone's already made something, it's been released, or it's about to be released, and then, you know, something, some big tragedy happens, and then suddenly something they wrote completely unrelated to it now has kind of, you know, seems in bad taste, you know, quotes now. Do you think that it's necessary for them to to remove it or change it or whatever? That's a good question. Why don't you take it away, Elio? (laughs) Um, I think it's kind of stupid. That they would do it because I I don't see the point. And if you're really going to sit there and for one song, you're going to go, I'm, I don't know, like offended that these are the lyrics when, when like the song has nothing to do with 9-11. It's not a reference yeah. to it. It's totally two like different realms of yeah. Of the world, it's, it's I not just like they don't even wrote it, it. But, after 9 11. But it there's was such a like before. New York City band, don't you think that maybe their well, music is reflecting so, so of the city? So, I mixed opinions. I understood why they did it. Um, do I agree with it? I, I think I, I kind of in Elio's camp where it's like, yeah, because to me, they, they had written it before yeah. the attacks happened. Like, no average citizen knew that something like that was going to happen. Yeah. So, it to suggest that they they had to you know what I equated to do you know the story about the Leonard Skinner album uh, Street Survivors no so um, the band Leonard Skinner uh, back in the late seventies a lot of like they're a big band like as far as like how many members and a lot of the like a good like at least three I think died in like a helicopter crash um, in the late mid to late seventies the issue with that was they had released an album just like days earlier and with the album it was like all of them like lined up like on a street and there was like a huge like wall of fire behind them and so the band thought oh now that's in bad taste because you know the fire just the way they died and they have that fire behind them it's like so I think they recalled like all the albums and like re-released it with like out the fire like you already released the album. No one knew that that was going to happen. I think I just find that to be a bit, you know, so I, I know there are differences between the Strokes one and that scenario. But like when I see stuff like that, it's like, no, it has nothing to do with that. And no one knew about it. I just think it's a little unnecessary. I feel like in those situations, it's really up to the band to determine what their move is. And I think that if the Strokes felt like 
I don't know. Was that their decision or like their label's decision I to take it, was it the off? Label that took <laughs> so, okay. well, I, I thought I saw a quote saying that you know uh, someone from the band had said you know we we recognize something along like we recognize the bravery or something of the New York. Uh, city uh, police department or something. So obviously they felt it was important to change. Again, and I understood why they did it. I mean, just yeah. personally, I I don't necessarily agree with it. Yeah. Maybe that's also because I really like the song too. <laughs> it's one of your favorites, I can I tell. I, lo- yeah. I love it. See, I mean, I, I mean, that's the one that really got me into it because I, I think uh, Ellie and I were talking about it. It is a little different, especially in terms of that album because the guitar tone is a little thicker and you know more meaty to it and it has a more punchy production to it. And I think... Uh, and they really and they really do con- contrast those like more bassy guitars with like the more guess jangly kind of stuff and like the pre-chorus and whatnot. So, and I think it's just got a great hook. I think I was telling you that I had that song stuck in my head the entire weekend. So, I just think of the chorus and the, all they're just saying is like New York City cops all over, like over yeah. and over again. And I just I didn't like it. Musically. I mean, I can see it could be a bit repetitive to a some fan. people. See, my thing is that I'm I'm a like a simpleton where like really simple things like I'm, I'm like I listen to this is good this is enjoyable that, I mean that's why I like that I mean song. I wouldn't say this about the lyrics but I listen to Bad Religion to remember anything about their music it's all very similar and, I, and I'm perfectly content with them so yeah and yes if I wanted to I could reference Bad Religion in every episode no matter what we're talking about I could find a way to I do that I think you have <laughs> I don't. I don't think I have. I think I've been. I think I've been a good boy, and I've restrained myself. <laughs> but I could if I wanted to, very easily. So was were they kind of an overnight success because of this album? That's a good question. I so yeah, looking through some of the reviews during this time back in two thousand one when the album was released. I, from what I understand, um, and obviously I was like two years old at this time, so I don't know, three years old. Yeah, but, fair enough. Yeah, but um, I think it was like. There are very much like two sides to uh, this debate, I guess. One was that rock critics were saying like, this is revolutionary. Like these guys are gods, like they're brilliant with this album. And then the other side was, I guess, the opposite of that. And I hesitate to like call any band like brilliant unless it's like the Beatles because I love the Beatles. I feel like a lot of bands can like happen upon this sound Mm -hmm. and then they roll with it and they're like, oh, this is this is cool. Like this is revolutionary. But then in cases like the strokes they continue to make like three more albums with that same sound just because people liked it and so i forget what your original question was but (laughs) were they they an overnight success because of this album well actually yeah i would say that they were what do you what do you think i i thought from what i was looking at it reading they pretty much were yeah that's i i i I know. I think I saw something that people weren't trying to call them that, but it's like no. When you look at the context of it, they like this album exploded yeah. almost yeah. in a sense. So, yeah, no, I I would again. I can only look because like Vanessa, I was I was like a toddler then, barely even that. A wee so baby. Yes, that was born. You said ninety eight. You were born. Mm-hmm. Right? I was born ninety eight too. So, yeah. Um, I'm old as time. I was born in ninety five. Jeez. <laughs> Time is a, well. Why don't you tell us about the time that? <laughs> yeah, were the strokes uh-huh. an overnight success? <laughs> as, Did as you a know when I was a six-year-old? Let me tell you, <laughs> it was all over the news. <laughs> we were all standing around the water cooler at work talking about this album, this hip new band. Uh-huh. Yes, I, Sonny, I remember when the strokes were just 
an upcoming band. They had an EP, and I met them in the backstage of some bar that's been torn down, and there's just a TJ Maxx there now. And let me tell you something. <laughs> They were something special. I would have loved to have met them at that time, though. I would love to sit down for a beer with Julian. I feel like that'd be cool. I feel like like that would be the weirdest beer on earth. Yeah, for sure. (laughs) I mean, okay, not not the not the weirdest on earth, but any interview that I've seen of him or any like anything that I've ever seen him like talk or engage with people, I'm always like. It would. It must be really uncomfortable to stand next to him and try and have an actual conversation. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's how I feel about like if I could choose three artists to like sit down with and just chat with, and I feel like I would be left really uncomfortable. Is Julian Casablancos probably Mac DeMarco, and then Tyler the Creator or like Father John Misty or something? I feel mm-hmm. like they're just like John, some yeah, really yeah. eccentric artists. Yeah, yeah. Father John Misty would be a weird conversation. It would probably make me feel super awkward, but I love that so. It oh, will. Okay. Uh, I mean, obviously for me, that'd be Greg Graffin and Jelly Biafra. I don't know who the third would be. Pick, pick, pick a third for me, Elio. Uh, who, 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 would I, who do you think I want to have a conversation with? Greg Lars, Graffin. Lars Ulrich. <laughs> I, Ronnie Radke from that's it. That's it. I'd like to kick Jared him in the Leto face. Jared Leto, like Leto, 30 seconds of Mars. Yeah. Uh, no, it. no, I, I, no, I would just like, no, the, the only thing I would say is why do you make music that's objectively awful? <laughs> that's all I would ask. Like, that's the only questions I would ask repeatedly. I don't know. Who, who do you want to, what music, do you, I don't know why we're going down this tangent. What, okay. what musicians do you want to uh, talk to? I, I think Jimmy Page. Um, what do you think man. of Brett Van Fleet? <laughs> I think he's, I think, no, I don't think he's commented on him. Uh, Jimmy Page, Matt Bellamy, and Roger Waters. I, th- I think Roger Waters is an incredibly intelligent person. I, oh, and it would be really sure. interesting to sort of pick his mind about some of his music. All right. Sorry, so, I'm, I'm, a, I'm boring. So, um, so let's go on to their next album. Which, which was is First Impressions of Earth. Melissa. So you said you didn't like this album. So a lot. yeah, I'm not a fan of this album. My least favorite, I would say, of all of theirs. Really, um, of all five? That is correct. Wow. Okay. All right. I'd, okay. I'd actually like to hear this. Yeah. Well, I mean, we talked about this a little bit before, and you guys are you guys like this aspect, but I think it's just too loud and noisy, and it it doesn't have that like nice clean sound that you guys were discussing before that is this it is so great for well yeah i mean here's the thing i i, I like the clean sound because it makes them fun and i think it's kind of part of their at least for their early trademark sound and i mean as much as i don't mind a band that sticks with a f- sound and if it works for them i don't mind that but i also but i also will encourage uh innovation and experimentation i and that's one reason i really like i probably like this one more than i did room on fire because i love mm-hmm. the production and how just like it, it does feel a bit louder and at times there's even like dis- there's a lot of distortion like juice box i think i that song's kick-ass i love it's it it's almost just, sinister yeah with the, the way yeah. that the bass is, comes the in the bass is yeah. great i love it and you know they just feel like it has more of a bite to it at some points. Although, not to say that it isn't completely noisy. Like the one I, the one that actually really grabbed me was "Evening Sun."
off the sound. Yeah. Because yeah. the band that kept coming in my head here, and funny enough, this is probably around the time when they would have released their first full length, the Silver Sun pickups. I, mm. I, re- I don't know, I just, it just, it sounded. Ju- Brent, do you not like the Silver Sun pickups? <laughs> I, I, I love that one song. There's Lazy Love. Yeah, okay. everyone likes that. that <laughs> okay, we're, we're I'll, I'll 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 get really defensive about them later, but uh, but no, I think no. He's saying I love the Silver Sun pickup, so honestly, I I just I was just kind of smiling during that song. It's like yeah, this, this this sounds a lot like something that would have been on their first album. And funny enough, I think I think 2006, the same year this was released, uh, mm-hmm. they had their first album. Yeah, so. 2006. Yeah, so um, I really liked the Electric Cityscape from. First impressions, yeah. and then eyes of the world. I think I know what you mean. I'd watch what you say, cause they'll be trying to knock you down in some way. Sometimes it feels like the world is falling asleep. How do you wake someone up from inside a dream? You might but wander and search for its place in the night. Your body followed this feeling like following light. Or is it your music? Yeah, I think that, that one had like a really cool build up. Yeah. So I really like that one. So what about you, Elliot? What did you like from this album? Cause see like my favorite songs are are Juice Box and then uh Razorblade. Yeah. Razorblade. Those two. I Hard in a Cage was good. I really yeah. really yeah. loved his vocals on that. I think they really captured the melody. Cause there. see that this is the weird thing about this album because I thought this one was gonna be our classic album. Cause really? I was like, this song, it's like the first like six songs i'm totally yeah. on board with all of them yeah vision of like, division man yeah there's a, there's like two oh. on here that i'm kind of like okay about but the rest of them yeah the one i really the one that i really didn't like was ask me anything i did not like that song see that's where you and me are totally different because oh, oh we're on the front song we're totally <laughs> different. totally different because i really enjoy it because it's like a yeah. slow point it's kind of that point in the album where like Melissa said, you've had so much noise and like, yeah, loud, I'm, not loud saying, parts yeah. Well, I'm not saying that it can't have noise, but like, I don't know. I just, it's the way it was just, it felt plotting. It didn't feel pleasant. Like evening sun was actually kind of more mellow to, um, when I was listening to it. So I mean, like something like that was fine. Like I enjoyed it, but I, I don't know. Just ask me anything, which is a little too just at level plotting, not really doing much. What do you mean by plotting? Like it's just, it, there's, it, it, the it, tempo is like the same thing. And it's and it just it is just very it just didn't I just felt like it didn't do anything within three minutes. Even if it's just three minutes and just didn't do anything with itself. But oh, that's just me. See, I thought that in terms of the whole album, with the way that the album sounds, that song is like a radical departure from it. Yeah. Because uh, like I was saying, it's just a bunch of samples of like cellos mm-hmm. and violins or yeah. something like that. I thought it was a really cool sound that like they've never really done since then mm-hmm. yeah. that oh. I, I thought it was interesting. All right. So uh, did you like any of the songs on here, Melissa? On the album? Yeah. Yeah. Electricity Skate. Oh yeah, you did say that. Yeah. Oh yeah. my God. That's a really good. <laughs> and don't get me wrong. Like I'll listen to like Juicebox, Razorblade. It's, it's good. I don't hate any of it, but it's not my favorite. So, well, so, so, so it's no, it's, I guess I don't want to say noise rock in the terms of like the genre itself, but just like it's more distorted or noisy rock music. Is that just not your thing? Or do you yeah. just not like it with the strokes in particular? Um, 
Well, when it comes to vo- vocals, I love when they're like distorted and it sounds weird. Like I hate, like I can respect vocalists like Ariana Grande, but that stuff's like too pure. You know, I like it when it sounds kind of grungy. Mm-hmm. But then when it comes to like other aspects of music, like you know the guitar and bass and stuff, I would rather have that. So, so you, so you do kind of like that. Um, so if a vocalist is more rough. Like have more of a rough performance, but like cleaner instruments. You, you like you like that dynamic. I like that. Yeah, yeah. I so, like it a lot. It sounds so, more real to me. So like for this album, Julian Casablanca, like he does some sort of odd stuff with the vocals yeah, on this sometimes. album. Where like some more of them are like more like on the verge of sc- yeah. like yelling or screaming yeah, sometimes. Yeah. So is that another thing that you're not that you don't quite like about this album? Because for me, some of that stuff is where I I kind of am ready to turn the album off. Like just after like so much time of listening to the yeah. strokes, his voice it gets to a point where I'm like, okay, like we can move on from. from I think this. I can kind of agree with that. Okay. Yeah. Um, and they 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 just a year later they went into a bit of a hiatus. Correct for um I don't know if they were still touring. They were still touring during this time, but I know they said they wanted like a break at some point during during this and. What, what surprised me, I don't know where else to put this, but what surprised me when I was looking at their lineup, they they never changed. They never changed any members, did they? They never went through any like actual lineup changes. Tell me if I'm wrong. That's what I, I don't, saw. I don't, I don't think so. No, I don't Which think so Which is weird, because that's like an anomaly. But they've what? taken like breaks away from each other and breaks well, yeah, away I from know, the band. Like, well, yeah, no, that, that's for sure. But like yeah. when, when, when you... The name, the Strokes. It's always had the same five people, which is, and I know they've, I'm sure they've, che- no, they've added like instru- different instruments to the sound, but like I don't think it's been, I think it's been the same five people, which you know you don't see that very often. I yeah, mean, that's true. I would say that especially, as well. especially in rock bands, because mm-hmm. lo- like you ever look at like, you know, if you go into like Wikipedia for instance, and you see like, because a lot of times they'll have like the timeline of like members have come and go, mm-hmm. and usually it's just. Yeah. Lots of bars yep. and just 20 names on the side. Like, it's like, no, five, same five people. So, I don't know. I just thought that was an interesting point. Yeah. I saw about them. Well, especially when they have the opportunity to, like, go off and do their own side projects, like Albert Hammond Jr. and mm-hmm. Julian. Um, it, when yeah. they do that, then it allows them to be able to regroup and yeah. come back to the strokes. Well, well yeah, for sure. I mean, I, I don't think that's necessary. I think that helps too, but I know there are bands that do do that, and then sometimes it actually has the opposite effect, and it'll actually draw them apart because they want to yeah. focus yeah. more on that. You know, obviously, I think that happened with the White Stripes, for instance. You can you can argue that cut that kind of happened with them. I mean, let's face it, like Jack, remember, like the Rock on Tours were like he started that band while the White Stripes were like oh, still yeah. at their height of their popularity, yeah. and like at the time he was doing the Dead Weather, like they they weren't really making any music. Him, him and Megan, they were barely even touring, if at all. So. Hmm. Yeah, I mean, kind of arguments can be made, but that's besides the point. So, yeah. when we fir- now when we first uh, talked about doing this episode, uh, you said you didn't really want to touch their later stuff that much. Why was that? Yeah, I did say that, and then after re-listening <laughs> to it, I thought otherwise. Um, you're referring to their newest band, or uh, excuse me, album. Is that correct? Yeah. So, so from I guess their second run after their hiatus was over. So I think as you're the bigger strokes fan out of the three of us mm-hmm. um why originally were those their newest two albums not good and then why when you re-listen to them did you like them yeah that's a good question i feel like um a lot of music critics especially like 
rock listeners um they have this like mindset where bands like the strokes that were super iconic back in the 2000s like whenever they depart from that sound they're like no longer good you know and then so for their 2013 um come down machine album which is their most recent um they really departed from that that original og yeah the stroke sound and yeah hold on can i can i like jump in there yeah that was one of the weirdest things that I noticed, like looking through sort of like the reviews and like what critics said, is mm-hmm. that the first album, super highly acclaimed. Mm-hmm. The second album was <laughs> also good, but people were like, okay, they kind of like are using the same sound. <laughs> yeah. And then the third album, critics just hammered them, like just hit them like, oh, they're just repeating the same yep. sound. And then they go and do something new mm-hmm. uh, in, like, in like awful. 2011. Yeah, 2011. It's terrible. It's terrible. Yeah. yeah, I don't, I, I didn't get that. It, so, it yeah. seemed, so, so, seemed so sometimes like, I, I will say that that's kind of like, I think Ark Mungus are a great, actually a really good example of this because, I mean, they, they did evolve. And when you look at like AM, I love that's a great AM. Album. I love yeah. AM so much. I know being like Anthony Fantano, for instance, no, he hated that record. Uh, when he reviewed it back when that was, it feels like forever ago when that album album was released. I when I when I listened, it was like when I listened to it, it's like wow, you got like a lot of psychedelic music, a bit of lounge, but like not too much, and you know, but it still has some of their garage aspects to that too. I think it's a really good mishmash of a lot of genres, and I thought it really worked. But I so when bands like one try something new like that, I think sometimes it does work, especially from bands from that time period. Although I will say this, I was, I, what I've heard from the new album, I've just said no because I they went like full lounge rock on there, and I'm just like nah, I'm not, I'm not for it. But for Arctic Monkeys or yeah, yeah, I, yeah. So I'm, yeah. So but that's besides the point. So what changed your mind then when you were re-listening to to the newer stuff? It's just the fact that like I think society was imposing that idea on me that like they have this new sound you can't like it anymore. And then I re-listened to it, and it's like they sound the most original on that that newest mm-hmm. 2013 album because they're not trying to, like, form to this mold of, like, 2001 strokes. I felt like they were really trying to, like, be cool in those albums. Yeah. You know, they like, people tend to think of that sound, and it's like, oh, that's, like, cool, like, smoking cigarettes outside of a bar at, like, 3 a.m. in New York City. Leather jackets, skinny jeans. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but, like, on this newest album, they just sound like— they're just making the sounds they want to make. It sounds happier, and I really respected that. Although, I liked it a I will, lot. I will say this though, um, like, yeah, I agree. They were trying something new. Um, I re- I like the first two songs on this album, uh, "Come Down Machine." Mm-hmm. Although they they had misses, like the th- like right after those two songs, I was thinking, "Wow, this is this is kind of cool." And then it goes into one way trigger. It's like, what is this jaunty like keyboard song, and what does he do? What is Julian doing with his vocal, like that was just a weird song and not. I think good it's weird, but it's cool. Like I, I, didn't, li- new I stuff. didn't, no, I didn't like that one. Not because it was different, because I just, I just yeah. thought it was. And that's odd. okay. Yeah, I appreciated the new direction, yeah. but I, I don't think that yeah. my music tastes were kind of like. Yeah. I just well, kinda, I, 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 st- I still really, I just still really enjoyed the original stuff. And yeah. again, yeah. I mean, again, for, obviously, it's for me, it's not nostalgia factor because obviously, again, I was two when those albums were were released but you know it's just looking back it's like no when i compare it no i just think the earlier stuff is better yeah so and that's totally understandable i remember when this album came out in 2013 just within 
you know, the next year, 2014, uh, Interpol released um, one of their newer albums, El Pintor. And that was another one where um, this like very iconic New York City 2000s band took a whole new song or excuse me, sound. And critics were kind of upset with that. They were like, where's the old Interpol? And so it was like during this one year span, two of my favorite bands were taking on a new sound. And I was kind of feeling conflicted, like, how should I feel about this? But overall, I really liked it. And I respect the fact that they took a took a turn. So... So for anybody listening, what would be like top three songs to take out of this album? Like if you had to pick three songs from Comeback Machine that are like the best. Now my mind is blinking of every song. I really like the Welcome to Japan song. I would oh, say that's that my one. favorite. I enjoy that. think is really beautiful i don't know if you guys know of the chances one off the top of your head it's a really song it's like Uh, i think i i I recognize it no i I can i can remember it yeah um i thought that was beautiful and i like call it fate call karma as well i like the i like the slower songs on their album i was a fan again usually not to say i can't appreciate slower music but like obviously my even when I was first getting You don't music. seem like the guy who enjoys like fast, a slow fast, loud. Oh, definitely, yeah. Fast, loud, that's And that's why thing. you like first impressions, you Yeah, know? and again, not to say oh. that I can enjoy slower songs or even quieter songs. Like, I can do, like, hell, I love Nick Drake. Now it's classic album time, and you, like you said earlier, your favorite Strokes album is probably Room on Fire. It's definitely Room on Fire. So why do you think that this is the one people... Like, if people were to start with the Strokes or to, like... If like if like if they should think of the strokes, why should it be this album? Yeah, and it's interesting because most people will say, "Is this it? Is yeah. the sound of the strokes?" For me, I think "Room on Fire" sounds a lot cleaner. I think that they took "Is this it?" and like refined it. Refined it, yeah. Um, and also another thing, like my favorite Strokes songs are all like very melancholy, and I think that's like what this album is all about. And then they have so many classics like Reptilia and Automatic Stop, which I think is just gorgeous. And um, yeah, so every time I think of that album, that's just like the strokes for me. And I appreciate it a lot. Yeah. Okay. Again, man, my only issue with this this album is just like, especially with songs like Under Control, like it just there was too many slower m- moments for me to really get into it. Mm-hmm. Not to say all the slow songs, like the opening. You know what? Uh, side point, and I mentioned this earlier. What was really weird to me when I was listening to like the first few albums, like why do all these start on like really slow? I would songs? agree with that. Like, is this like even is this it? Like the title track, they. That's what it starts off with. It's a really slow song. I guess it might be kind of building to the next song. It's boring. It's really boring. I kind of agree with you there. Every like album opens with kind of a lame song. Yeah. Although whatever happened, I really liked because I really I liked to that song. You only live once 
the the opener to uh, First Impressions of Earth is a mm-hmm. great song. It's okay. Probably uh, <laughs> <laughs> so. You, you only lift once, like plays, and then right after it's Juice Box, and then you got like this bam. Like I guess it makes Juice Box stand out a bit yeah, more. But like, that's true. I mean, can you imagine starting the album with Juice Box because then everybody would go, "Okay, is that the rest of this album?" Yeah. I, I, I get it, but still, besides, but I, I really liked whatever happened because that was another song that stuck in my head because I was like, I was covering the Christmas celebration last night and I, I was just like, hum, I was like, what is this melody I'm humming? It's like, oh yeah, it's whatever happened. It was really awesome. good. Yeah. So yeah, um, two fifty one is great too. Um, Twelve fifty one. Sure. <laughs> he said juice box. Yeah. <laughs> I, <laughs> I did not say jukebox earlier. Come yeah, on. you did. <laughs> I, I said juice box. I will say I did say 251 this time, not 1251. Right. Okay. And uh, I, I really liked I Can't Win. I thought that was a good closer. Um, yeah. That's a good one. Okay. So speaking of the song Meet Me in the Bathroom from this album, did yeah. you guys ever read that, that, was a good one. that book that was written? Um, about I wish well it's called Meet Me in the Bathroom and that's a good song, correct. Mm-hmm. And, and sh- yeah. this woman basically like just wrote a whole like a novel like summarizing the entire um, New York City like two thousands alternative rock genre. Mm-hmm. Interesting. And then so she includes a ton of interviews with like the Strokes and the Killers at the time, mm-hmm. White Stripes, and just talking about like that music scene at the time and like what it did for rock in the long term. It just came out like last year. It's pretty cool. That's interesting. I think I also read that Kings of Leon were in, were yes. inspired oh, by the But here's, here's yes. the difference between Kings of Leon and the Strokes. The Strokes are actually really good. <laughs> and Kings of there, Leon are... There are some good songs by Kings of Leon. Yeah. Not yes. good. <laughs> they're, they're Kings of Leon are a, are a nicer or more pleasant sounding Imagine Dragons. Since they sound actually more right. organic. <laughs> they do, like, I, I, I kind of group them together. I do kind of group, like, because they're kind of in the alternative, like, rock scene. It's like, okay, at least the Kings of Leon actually sound like they're organic. Like, they're over dramatic as hell, but they're much Okay, better. we're so far off of the, the time. <laughs> Anytime I can slay on the back and dragons, I will take that opportunity. Yeah, we know. Understandable. <laughs> yeah, we know. I agree. Anyways, Elio, what's your favorite song off of Room... Room on Fire. Um, between Love and Hate and then 1251 yeah, are really are like my two favorites. Yeah. Those ones are just, they're good. They're good. You seem like not super enthusiastic about the album. I like Room on Fire, but I've n- it, it's never like drawn me in yeah. so much as the other two, like their first one or their third one. They're... They're really good pieces of music and really good pieces of like lyricism, I guess, or like lyric writing. But I've I've never found it like something that I, I keep coming back to because I'm like, yeah, this is cool. Like it's got a really cool like beat to it. It's more of like the strokes when they they've they've slowed down. Like I know that Julian Casablanca, he frequently writes about like being bored. Mm-hmm. All the time. That seems like his personality. Yeah, like that's. And th- but like, I hear that in his performances too. Sometimes, like, I mean, you can, he kind of does have that more like you can say metal dramatic kind of sound, and I, I hear that a lot in his vocals. Well, but well, but I, I don't know that's that, a bad thing. I'm just saying. I know that one of the things that he likes to write about is like in the modern age. You know, a, a song 
that he wrote. But in like today's world, we're kind of consumed and there's nothing like interesting. Yeah. And it's like this album kind of like, I guess like it, he found that <laughs> where it's it, it's not like a bad boring, but it's just much slower. Yeah. And I've I've I've, I've never been like brought back to it by like really cool upbeat songs or like Juice Box yeah. or some of the other stuff from the third. And, album. And, I, I, and like I said, like that was that was when my only big issue with this album. At some points, it did kind of felt like a slog at times, and it really it, it really didn't even come. It was weird because it wasn't even like. This whole middle part of the album was a slog. No, it was just kind of like certain songs. She was like, "Okay, let's just let's just let's just get going here." Seriously, it's just that kind of thing. This is how I felt like for pretty much the entirety of the most recent Volbeat album. Like the most recent. I'm sorry, this is going to go over your head, Melissa. But like, <laughs> the the most yeah. like recent Volbeat. Like like there was like two songs that actually had a picked up pe- tempo. The rest were just this mid pace boring as radio metal and I was just like I love Volpe but god just Jesus do something interesting oh I'm sorry um but Reptilia rocks Reptilia that song, very true song it's a awesome. very it's it's one of the I feel like everyone likes that song yeah. well it's, it's one of their better hits for sure I would agree with that plus I got to play it on rock band all the time so I was like <laughs> this song oh really yeah I never played rock band believe it or not I haven't either well that's because when I was I, I really didn't get to music until I was like like and like like around towards the end of eighth grade is when I was first really getting into like music. So, and I by then I was already kind of I was moving on my video game phase into my <laughs> music phase, and which hasn't ended. And so rock band never really interests me. So yeah, I always heard from people because um, I was a big Weezer fan when I was younger, and most of my friends didn't know of Weezer, but they did know My Name Is Jonas just because it was in okay rock band. Blue album. <laughs> Blue, album, Blue album is better. I love Blue Pink- album is like mm, it, you can't get better. Like it, I, I love Pinkerton. Pinkerton's a class, and and I'll even say that there's a lot of underrated songs off of the Green album Melodroid, but the Blue album is the best. Sorry, I'm sorry, hipsters. The Blue album is. The I could best do album. a whole episode, a whole podcast on the Blue album. Uh, <laughs> so good. It's a great record. Anyways. Uh, Let's not get into a Weezer rant. Um, is there anything else you want to add about Ruby on Fire? Uh, no. Okay. Anything you want to add about Ruby no. on Fire? Do you want anything? I, Elio, do you want to add anything about Ruby on Fire? It's a very good album. You should listen to it. True. Yes. There I'm a go. fan. I like that. So, uh, we're going to recommendations, but I didn't talk to Elio about this before, and I completely forgot to mention this to him. So, let's see if he catches on what I'm trying to lay out here. So... <laughs> Your face is terrifying. Don't worry. You know what? It's nothing hard. <laughs> I'm having a so, heart attack. Oh my uh, God. Okay, okay, okay. Go on. What, what were you, you going to say? So before we have recommendations, I want to give you the opportunity to announce something about the last episode and about the future of Soundcheck, if you'd like to say it, Elio, because you're doing something at the end of the semester. Oh, <laughs> I am graduating, so you will no longer have to hear this terrible voice. Aww. You'll get the beautiful, soothing sound of Michael Livingston, yes. who is much better and sounds much nicer on a podcast. Well, yeah, yeah, which is good. I mean, because here's the thing. I mean, you say that. You will have a very still... talented co-host, Andrew. Yeah, <laughs> no, I agree. This. He's very good. and here, Which is good, because here's the thing. You may say that about you, but you at least, I mean, compared to me, you're, like, amazing. So uh, that... So maybe if that, what you're saying is it'll have an even greater distance of quality between co-hosts and 
people realize how bad I am. Uh, I didn't think this through. <laughs> Anyways, but it's but yeah, on me. But yeah, I won't be here next semester. Angel will have Michael Livingston. He was our guest on the Jack White yeah, album, so. the Jack White episode. So yeah, it, it'll be better. Be better topics. I don't think so. Awesome. I, I, I liked I liked working with you. Oh, I, thank you. Aww. I, liked, I with think. You too. Although I, I think the only reason you liked working with me because you liked to see how much you could stir me up. I mean, that was a bonus <laughs> of the job. <laughs> but but I'm not leaving yet. We still have one one, still more, have episode. one more episode. So but I thought I'd let him have the uh, opportunity to announce that and say he'll be joining for one last episode. And it's up to his choice. And knowing him, he's going to choose Creed. To yes, we are doing. <gasps> no, we're not going to do a Creed. Because here's the thing. I, I told myself. you this. You can pick a band I hate, like Creed, for instance. And that's fine. Just understand, I will not pull any punches. We'll have we'll have something good. We'll have something we'll good. Have something, for, we'll do something. Uh, I'm letting him choose though. I don't know if I'm going to regret that or not. Anyways, recommendations. I'm going to start with you, Elio. What do you want to recommend to our fine ears this week? I am recommending the band Ratatat. Ooh, I nice. I think I've heard of them. Yes, they are. They're all instrumental mm-hmm. songs. They are, I believe they're American. Are they, are, are they math rock? Is that their thing? Or am I thinking of a different band? I, I think you might be thinking of a different band. Okay. These people, they're, you know, kind of the music that, like, Daft Punk makes. I mean, it's not house rock. Sure. I mean, house music. But it's it's really good. It, it grew, It's sort of groovy music. Really interesting guitar work. Just good music. Do you have a favorite song by them? Cream on Chrome or Loud Pipes. Loud Sorry Pipes is a good one. See, it just grooves. It's just nice yeah. music. All right. <laughs> I did not expect a Steve Miller reference in that. Yeah, Steve Miller. A little Miller, bit. Man. Yeah, that's the that's the song. Fly like. It. Here's the thing, though. Some of those, I, I some of those hits are kind of guilty pleasures. Me, I love Jet Airliner and what's the song? Jungle Love. Although, oh, Jungle Love. Although, promise though, there's cowbells in there. There's any production choice. I hate the most. It is goddamn cowbells. Interesting. <laughs> yeah. I hate cowbells. Yeah. Very rarely are cowbells justified in use. The okay. B-52s can pull them so off. So ridiculous. That's it. Okay, but Thank so you, Melissa. going back to, to my recommendation, I think it's a re- it's really groovy music, yeah. and they just make good songs. It's all instrumental, so if you don't like instrumentals, I can't do anything for you. Yeah, It's all right. I can see that for background music. I wouldn't go out Yeah, that's what well. I mean. Just nice background cool. music. You know, like all having right. a party, you put it on, people have a good time. I don't go to parties. What are you talking about? <laughs> Anyways, Melissa, what are you recommending? Yeah, one of my favorite bands, uh, they're called Twin Peaks. They're a Chicago band of a bunch of 20-something-year-olds, and um, I feel like I don't know how I got into them. Maybe it was from Spotify or something, but ever since I found them, they've been one of my favorite bands. I've seen them a few times live, and they just have, they're just a really... Oh, I, I've, I've seen their album covers before. Yeah. So I know, I know they were familiar. Yeah. Um, I, I have a lot of respect for them. They, they're a bunch of like really just good guys. Mm-hmm. And um, every time I see them live, they put on a fantastic show. Um, yeah. Okay. Yeah. And each album has like a really different sound. Um, so I feel like everyone can find something that they like within their discography. Um, one of my favorite songs by them is uh, Blue Coop. There's also Tossing Tears and Making Breakfast. Those are my top three faves. And um, within the past year, they did their, like, um, 
they've released like a bunch of singles throughout the year mm-hmm. and each one was a little different so i just respect the fact that they all have they have um they a wide range of music album, what's up are they coming out with a new album soon then not as far as i know okay. but what about, they've been busy touring what about an album for anybody who has never listened to them? what would be like the album to listen to to get people into twin peaks yeah i'm gonna i'm gonna say down in heaven okay. um It's just a really fun album. That's probably my favorite road trip album. Every time I have like an hour long drive, I'll throw that on. And it's it's good for just like sunny days and just listening to some good. Andrew doesn't like sunny days. I know. I can tell. (laughs) I don't mind sunny days. (laughs) Yeah, you're you're right. I I don't mind sunny days. I prefer when it's either at night or when it's kind of rainy. But I always have to be indoors. If I'm outdoors. Well, if you're outdoors, it has to be a concert. Sure. Well, see, I, don't, I don't mind being outdoors at night as long as the temperature is good. Okay. Weather yeah, is important. Enough. I think it's more important for me yeah. if I'm outside. Okay. Yeah, no, but sunny days aren't necessarily my favorite. You're correct. Um, I'm, I'm not like a miserable bastard all the time. Like only 50% of the Just time. Just what we talk about. Maybe uh, 60%. Imagine Dragons or Yeah, see, if I, if I listen to Imagine Dragons, yeah, then I'm a miserable bastard and I will... <laughs> <laughs> I th- I don't think they're the worst band ever, by the way. They're but they're pretty bad. Uh, so what am I? Re- problem is though, what I'm recommending is pretty similar to you or guys' stuff. I was trying to different from like your mm. your thing last year, I th- last week. But I said last year. It's it's been so long since we. It's felt so long since we've recorded our last episode. <laughs> no, but um. What I really wanted to recommend la- last week was a band called Moving Panoramas. Uh, the reason I mentioned them because they just released a new single. I don't know if a new album's coming out, but mm-hmm. I really, really love their first record. Uh, it was called One. It was released in 2015. Jesus. Oh, when you were. Anyways, um, yeah, they're they're just kind of like this really space pop rock indie style band. I don't. That's cool. Like the song I really liked from their first album was uh, Tonight. Uh, the title track to the album one is really good and what's the word I think it's also another one I really enjoy but uh, the new track is called Baby Blue and it has like a really fast tempo but it still sounds just like them I'm like yeah this, this is my stuff they're just kind of I don't know how to describe it. They're, 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 they're almost they're very comforting it's the best way word I can put for them they're a very comforting sounding band they're, they're pre- a lot of the music can sound sometimes upbeat but has like some kind of I guess like the lyrics may have some like more sad undertones to them or the music itself kind of sounds somewhat depressing kind of sounds a bit downtrodden but again just the, I don't know who sings for them but like the, the woman who sings for them she's like very charming vocal style and again that's why it just feels like it, it kind of sucks you in even though it music may be kind of sad sounding that's why i think it's really comforting you can relate to it a lot so the the new song is really good it's called baby blues but the uh uh you should also check out their album one it's their only album and it is very very good cool so heck yeah other than that um i think that's it thank you all for listening and join us for what will probably be the last full episode of the semester oh, man. thank you melissa for, hey, thank you for, for coming by the way thanks for coming i I meant to say that too. <laughs> Thanks for talking about the strokes with me. Oh, I enjoyed it. All right. Goodbye.